0: First time being hazed. Everything that goes wrong for me, I say the church is hazing me. So this is haze number 10. (laughs) Anyway, good morning, church. My name is Lexi, and I am the youth pastor here. And I am so excited to welcome you to our church this morning. Um, If you are new here, um, we have a motto that we live by, or our church mission, which is Lift Up Christ, which you can see lit behind me here. Um... Some of the things you might have noticed when you enter is there's construction surrounding us. So at any point throughout the service, if you have to use the restroom, we are having people use the restrooms next to Ellipse Chapel. So you're welcome to go use those. Um, We also have some tables to the side of us here for you to light um, a candle if you want to lift up a prayer for yourself or on behalf of others. Um, And then at this time, I'll invite Doug and Yoli to come lead us in the call of worship.
1: have to say this, Lexi, sorry. Haze the Lord. (laughs) Today, uh, Yoli and I are reading from Psalm 148. Praise the Lord.
2: Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts.
1: Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and your waters above the skies.
2: Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away.
1: Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths. Lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding. You mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children.
2: Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens, and he has raised up for his people a horn. The praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart.
1: Praise the Lord.
2: The word of the Lord.
1: Let's pray together this morning.
3: God, we thank you for the beauty of your creation that surrounds us. Let our hearts be inspired by the ways in which your creation is devoted in its worship to you. That we would follow the birds in the sky, the seas that declare your faithfulness and grace. That we would join alongside your creation, Lord, in our worship to you this day, we acknowledge that you are our creator, our sustainer, our redeemer, our God. We open our hearts and our minds to you this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. so deserving of our worship. We follow along with creation this morning that we would lift the praise of the name of the Lord. I bow before Thee, King of glory. There's none like you, Lord, I bow before thee. King of glory, we sing holy. for you. I bow King before, before thee. thee, sing King of glory, King, King of, of glory. glory. I bow I before, before thee. surrender your life to the Lord. King, King of glory. glory, there's none like you. like the Lord, our great creator, our great redeemer, our great sustainer of life. We sing and pray to you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Each Sunday morning, we are blessed to be worshiping alongside our children and our teens. And this morning, we would like to just give instructions uh, after we give our prayer as a church over our children as they are being shaped and molded and formed by Christ and our teens as they go and they study scripture alongside our youth pastor and other teens. And so these will be the instructions for kids and teens. You'll follow Lexi and children. You'll do the same thing you do every Sunday. No complaints from here. You're doing a great job. Um, Let's go to our prayer this morning and pray this over our children and our teens. This is my prayer for you, our children, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best. May you be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Amen. See you later, kids and teens. I would like to read for us, actually, I'd like us to read together a prayer of confession. And you can throw that up, Mackenzie. This morning, as we are offering ourselves to the Lord, would these words on the screen guide you through your prayer, guide you through your worship this morning? Let's read and pray this prayer together. Holy God, we come before you in humility, for we do not live and worship as we are. We do not love you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We do not love our neighbor as ourselves. So we pray in all humility that you will change our hearts and minds, that you will show us again how to love others the way you love us, that you will put power and courage in our hearts to do your will one body. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and continue our worship and our devotion to God this morning. When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come. Longing just to bring something that's worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry. Sing to the King this morning. King of endless word no, no one, one could express, express how much you deserve. It's all about
4: you,
3: it's all about you,
4: Jesus.
3: Lord, in the ways in which we have caused separation from you, the ways that we have convinced ourselves that we are following what you want us to follow, that we're devoting our lives to the things in which you call us to devote ourselves to. And the way in which we try to control what our own will is, God, we confess that we are wrong. We confess that we must seek you more and more each day, that we must seek your example that you set through Jesus. You've given us an example to guide our lives in love and grace that you offer us. So Lord, as we live on in this life, help us, help us, help us to seek you more and more. May we be reminded in the ways in which your grace has followed us and your grace has been Jesus' name we pray sing and worship amen you may be oh i was gonna say you may be seated this is three weeks in a row i keep forgetting past the peace but this is a time where we're gonna pass the peace of christ to one another and if you don't if you haven't done that before it's simply going to a neighbor that you don't know or that you know and you say may the peace of christ be with you and in response you can say Thank you, and also with you. Just thank you, thank you. You guys can explain it next time. Please, fast the peace of Christ. <laughs>
5: Good morning, church. So good to be with all of you today. I, I love passing the peace. To me, like, that could be our entire church service, and I would be super happy. But I, it's kind of my job to make sure that y'all know about some things coming up in the life of our church. So if you'll just say your last hello or goodbye, make your way back to your seat. Uh, before we jump into some things happening soon here in the life of our church, I want to make sure all of you have the opportunity to fill in our brief check-in form. Cute little QR code right there on the screen. It's also available in your bulletin. If you have a smartphone, you can point your camera right at that funky little picture and a little link will pop up to fill out a brief online form. Just let us know your name. There's also a chance to fill out if you have any prayer requests or anything else you'd like our church staff to know. And uh, it would be really helpful for us if you would fill that out and let us know that you are here this morning. Okay, some things coming up. Very exciting things in the life of our church here soon. First up, VBS is coming up this summer, and we are still in the process of recruiting volunteers. So if you have a few hours to spend in the afternoon this week of July, the 18th to the 22nd, we would love your help uh, with VBS, either helping to coach and lead a sport with the kids, or if you can only come for a few hours we need some help with registration at the beginning of the afternoon checking kids in. So there's a spot for every, everybody in this room can help out in some way with VBS. So please let us know. Contact the church office. Send an email to Jordan directly in the children's department. And we will find a place for you to help out with VBS. This is our largest outreach opportunity that we have as a church. And we would love to have everybody in this room involved in some way. So let us know if you'd be willing to help and able to help with VBS this year. Also, uh, this past week, we had the first meeting of our new grief support group. It's being led by Sandy Ishii right over here. And if you've had an experience uh, of loss recently and you're looking for a safe place to process that and community with other people, uh, this is a great place for you. Just because they've had their first meeting doesn't mean it's closed. The group is open for you to jump in. They'll be meeting for the next 12 or so more weeks. And so if you're looking for that type of place, please reach out to the church office or to Sandy directly and let us know that you'd be interested in connecting with that group. Um, And finally, earlier this year, we had a uh, meeting, it was kind of like a a brainstorming group of those in their like 30s that attend this church. It's a rapidly growing group attending this church, and we heard from them that they want some chance to connect in community uh, with others in their age group. And so we've uh, set up three opportunities this summer for those, if you're in your late 20s through your early 40s, these are just opportunities to come hang out, have some fun together, and get to know other people in your age group that are uh, connected with this church. And so, Coming up here at the end of May on a Saturday, we're gonna be hanging out at Shelly and Dave James' house. And then there's also opportunities on a Wednesday evening uh, in June and a Sunday evening in July. So mark those dates on your calendar. If you're in that age group, we'd love to come uh, have you come hang out with us and, and get to know you. All right, for our last announcement, I'm gonna invite up a very special guest. Please join me in welcoming Heather Hayes-Hang.
6: Thanks, Tyler. Hi, everyone. Um, as Tyler said, my name's Heather. I am a part of the Creation and Advocacy Committee, and I am here to tell you a little bit about us and also to invite you to join our efforts. Um, so if you don't know us, we are a group of your church members who care a lot about a myriad of justice issues, whether that's um, dismantling racist systems, trying to pre- protect our ecosystems, and um, Oh, so many things. Um, Working in, um, I I wrote a piece of paper uh, for a reason, because I was going to forget stuff. (laughs) Um, Caring for the physical needs of refugees and bringing food to those who cannot afford it, and just so many other things. So a few of our members, uh, past and present, are myself, Katie Jacobson, um, Ashley Johnson, Dan Warner, uh, Liliana Reza, Rebecca Laird, Judy Lubinsky, um, Morgan Tucker, Lindsay Hall, I think I got a uh, Michelle Shoemaker. Again, I wrote this down for a reason. Um, and then some examples of the things that we have done are we re, we create the Readventing Christmas Guide each year. Um, during the pandemic, we hosted an anti-racism series, a book club, and a film series. Um, pandemic, we introduced actual reusable utensils at Wednesday night dinners, and we partnered with PLNU to um, have congregants bring food waste so that they can compost it and use it in their community gardens. Um, we also invited Sister Helen Prejean, who advocates against the death penalty, to speak with us. So just that's a few examples of the myriad of things that we do. Um, And again, this morning, I want to invite you to join us. And that can look three different ways, and I'm sure there are more. Um, One is that you could join our committee. Um, Two is that if you are looking for an organization to volunteer at, I am positive that someone in our committee knows some organization in whatever field of justice you want to work in, so we can connect you with that. Um, And then third is that uh, if you're already doing great work, which I know so many people in our congregation already do a lot of putting their love into action, if you want that work highlighted, um, we can also help you with that. We have, I email Tyler on a regular basis about announcements, so we can um, help uh, amplify the work that you're doing. Um, And I just wanna, also just highlight how important this work is. Throughout the Bible and history, God chooses humans again and again to do the work of bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. Um, He is obviously very intentional about these partnerships. It demonstrates to me that that work is a required part of our um, life as Christians. And so, um, I hope that you join us, Um, we invite you to join us, and this work can't be done without you specifically, each one of us specifically, but then also all of us in community. Um, This is community and individual work, and I hope that you join us in whatever capacity God has called you. Thanks, Tyler.
5: Thanks so much, Heather. Okay, I know I said that was the last announcement, but I got to rewind a little bit. There's one more thing I need to make sure everybody in this room knows about. It's only a couple minutes past 11, which means everybody in this room that's el- eligible to vote in our church board elections will have received their email with their a link to their online ballot. The link is specific to you. You can't share it with anybody else. Uh, you can open that link and vote in this year's uh, church board election online. If for any reason you don't receive that link and you think you should have, Contact us at the church office, we'll help you figure it out. We'll also have paper ballots available next Sunday uh, before and after the service if you prefer to vote using that method. You'll hear a little bit more about church board elections uh, in this service, and then you can also pay attention to our weekly emails with some updates about uh, that election process. But just so you know, voting begins today, and uh, if you're eligible, check your email for the link to your online ballot. All right, with that, let's continue with our worship this morning. I'm going to invite Brenda forward to play. Oh, she's already here. Take it away.
7: Good morning. I just wanted to share a word before I start. Um, I don't know about you, but oftentimes I'm uh, tempted to feel like I'm not enough and struggle with that. And it's easy to forget the sacrifice that was made for me and that through Jesus I am enough. And I would uh, like to offer this up as my prayer and also my prayer for each one of you and all of us together that we find a resting place in Christ this morning. My faith has found a resting place Not in devise or creed I trust the ever-living One His wounds for me shall plead I need no other argument I need no other plea It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me Enough for me That Jesus says This ends my fear and doubt A sinful soul I come to him He'll never cast me out. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died. is leaning on the Word, the written Word of God, salvation by my Savior's name, salvation It is enough that Jesus died And that he died for me My great physician heals the sick The lost he came to save For me his precious blood he shed For me his life he gave I need no other arguments I need no other plea It is enough that Jesus died that he
6: Thank you, Brenda, for your ministry. Our gospel reading today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 17. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. The word of the Lord.
8: Amen. Thank you, Stephanie. Before we move to that word, I'd like to invite Becky up. Becky Havens has served on our church board for several years, and we want to talk just a moment about the importance of the church board. And we use these times of interview as we're coming out of pandemic to get to know each other once again. And Becky has had a lot happening in her life these days. And you take this, and I got my own. Uh, start out by telling us um, the role of the church board in the life of the church, and how long you've served on the board
9: okay yes the role of the church board is to oversee everything we do as a church Um, we oversee things like the staffing and the financial matters the meetings the worship and all matters pertaining to the church I've served on the board for five years Um, we had an extension due to COVID
8: and we have kind of term limits so you're not available to run for the board this time
9: yes my term is up
8: but tell about what the board does on a monthly basis.
9: Yeah, so on a monthly basis we meet uh, and occasionally we'll meet on an extra meeting, but that's a little bit unusual. So we meet monthly and we'll start with some sharing time, devotion. We will uh, talk about a business agenda and go through that. That will include things like anything currently that's happening, urgent matters such as, for example, COVID, how we handled that how we handled regathering. We will talk about things like the pastor's sabbatical. We also have a subcommittee structure. So there was a subcommittee working on his sabbatical at the same time. We will have, uh, as part of our business meeting agenda, we'll have a financial report from the finance committee. I also served on the finance committee for for five years while I was on the board. And I, um, uh, as a part of that, we did projects like Reviewing staffing salaries. We were trying to keep ahead of the minimum wage and also move toward living wage uh, For our staff who are hourly and then um, we did things like um, facilities development and uh, Repairs things like that Um, all matters pertaining to the finances of the church So we'll have a financial report during the monthly board meeting and then we'll also do things like um, have committee reports from the other subcommittees. We will um, oversee any ministerial licensure processes that are happening that our church is supporting and we'll meet with students that are getting Nazarene grants for scholarships for Point Loma Nazarene.
8: Okay, as Tyler mentioned, uh, we can vote electronically all week or we can vote uh, in paper ballot next uh, Sunday morning. Why is this election important for a church?
9: Yeah, so I would say um, because the board does oversee everything that happens here, it's super important for us to vote for people, in my view, for people who are um, hold the values of this church, which is to lift up Christ, Um, people who are participating and engaged in the life of this church on an active, regular basis, people who have wisdom and good judgment, who are thoughtful who are not afraid to speak up and speak their minds. They represent their own voice, but they also represent all of the members' voices that they know as well. And um, and then in the end, they want to do what's right for the best of the church.
8: And Becky, this has been a pretty momentous week in your life as you retire from teaching at Point Loma Nazarene University. Tell us how many years that has been and what the plan is now.
9: Okay, so I just retired from a 36-year teaching career at point loma as professor of economics which gave me great joy Um, and i do go into retirement with joy as well i'm hoping to do some writing and some reading for pleasure as well as continue investigating things that bring me joy which is everything about economics and how economics can be used for the common good and that's what i'm about and hope to as I left my students and continue working to do that, and then hopefully to have some more leisure time. So um, many of you may know, but as a teaching career at Point Loma, we feel like we're on this 90-mile-an-hour hamster wheel that just keeps spinning. And so I thought it was, at my age, time to just maybe get off of that and then <laughs> do something a little bit slower pace and uh, so uh, in in addition to writing and reflection and reading, I would like to do some travel with my husband before we're too old to enjoy it. And um, probably puzzles, you know, that would be in the uh, mix and some playing piano and just some fun things like that.
8: Thank you, Becky. You're such an integral part of our church. And as part of that, she mentioned our uh, Sabbatical for Pastor D. in the midst of that, this is your weekly reminder to be praying for D and K every day. As we are praying our way to Pentecost with Nazarenes around the world, we're also praying for our leaders as they find this time of Sabbath rest and renewal uh, as our leaders. Let's pray as we come to God's Word. Father, I pray this morning that you would quiet our hearts and open our minds to what you have to say to us from your Word in this prayer thank you that that prayer speaks to us as well as to the disciples who are in the room with you. We recognize the joy that we find in you and may that joy be demonstrated in the way we come to your word in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. This prayer in the upper room has been known as the High Priestly Prayer of Jesus. In the next three weeks, we're going to look at this prayer in increments. The, the first few verses today, what Jesus says about himself, and then the paragraphs where Jesus talks about his disciples, his followers, and prays for them. And then he prays for us. He, he lifts up all those who will believe through their message, which includes us and all those through the Christian centuries that have come to this day. And so we recognize that this prayer of Jesus is for us. But as I was thinking of this as the high priestly prayer, I was led to Hebrews chapter 4 and these verses starting at verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet Was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We recognize in Christ Jesus this high priest, the one who speaks to us from God and the one who speaks to God for us. And I was thinking about that authority with which Jesus speaks to God on our behalf not only on our behalf, but speaks with great clout. He speaks with the authority of the cross as he brings our life to God. In a couple of weeks, there's going to be an event on campus called Elevate, where Nazarene students from churches around our educational region will gather. There'll be about 1,600 high school students on campus taking part in all kinds of activities. There's Bible quizzing, there's sports competitions, there's all kinds of things going on. And I was thinking when I was a part of that program back in the in the mid-60s and came uh, to, uh, I was part of a Bible quiz team and part of a basketball team. And the night of the uh, basketball game, I played a game that was much better than I am and was playing well over my head and, and was anxious to come and be a part of uh, Point Loma the next year as a student. And this man came running up to me afterwards, Oh, I hope you're coming to Point Loma to play basketball. Great game. You should be such a part of our program here. And he went off, and I asked somebody, is, is that one of the coaches? I had all these visions of, "Oh, maybe I can get a scholarship to help pay for this endeavor of college life. Oh, no, that's the youth pastor down at Central Church. That's uh, Sonny, yeah. He, well, it, it was wonderful to have the affirmation from Sonny, but there was no authority behind that. And so my little bubble burst of uh, athletic scholarship... <laughs> And I did, you'll ask Ben Foster next time you see him. I played on Ben's first team as a coach. And Ben will tell you that I was not scholarship material. But I was thinking how Jesus brings us before the Father, not with just encouragement, but with real authority. With this clout of Calvary, he comes and brings us before the Father. And we find this high priest speaking for us. And John, when he's remembering this prayer, being there in the room with Jesus just before he goes to the cross the next day, and how he brings his disciples and himself before the Father. And so the setting of the prayer, after Jesus said this, said what? Okay, the whole setting of the upper room discourses. Everything from chapter 13 on is included in the phrase, after Jesus said this, after he had washed their feet, after he talked to them about going away, after he talked to them about the, uh, the fulling of the Spirit and, and the importance of abiding in him. All these things he has said. Then he lifts his eyes to heaven and prays, Father. He has taught us to pray. And most of our services, we pray the prayer he gave us to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer. It's really the prayer he gave for his disciples. This is the Lord at prayer. This is what Jesus prays when he prays for us and for himself. And it starts with this attitude of father. And he uses the colloquial phrase, Abba, daddy, if you will. I started thinking about all the years growing up. I never referred to my dad as father. How are you, father? (laughs) It was daddy. It was dad. Probably not until we were all adults and I would introduce someone and say, yes, this is my father. But Jesus cries, "Daddy!" This is the eve of the cross, and he puts himself in the Father's hands. It involves three things about his relationship: There's this absolute dependence that he has upon God. He had told them here in the upper room, "I do nothing apart from the Father," and then he reminded them, "And you do nothing apart from Me." We're involved in the very nature of God, independence, and then he expresses absolute trust. In chapter 14, trust in God, trust also in me. We recognize that this calls on us to trust in God. And then it brings us to unquestioning obedience. For the last six weeks, one of our grandsons who lives in Washington has been two miles from our house, but we haven't been able to see him. He's in basic training for the Marines. He is learning to uh, handle unquestioning obedience of a drill sergeant. He is learning a lot of things about obedience. And I was thinking, we give people obedience, whether that be a teacher or someone in a position of authority. We give obedience to humans. Why would we not give full obedience to God? He calls us to this total obedience and trusting in him. And then Jesus says, Father, the time has come. Now John has used this word nine different times in his gospel account. Early on, he speaks to his mother at the the wedding in Cana. He says, what is this to do with me? My time has not yet come. He says it to the woman at the well in chapter 4. A time is coming when we will worship. He says it in chapter 7 where it says they tried to seize Jesus, but they could not because his hour had not yet come. His time had not yet come. But in these recent chapters, 12, 13, and on, he has begun to say, my time has come. Now in scripture we have two words for time. There's chronos, which is chronology, the the ongoing tick of the clock, the ongoing time that we mark with our clocks or our calendars. It is the looking at the clock saying, isn't the sermon over yet? It's time for lunch. It is the chronology of our lives. But this is the word kairos. It is a momentous time. It is a time of special significance that Jesus calls us to. And we come here to this hinge of history Peter would later write in the midst of Nero's persecution when Christians were dying for their faith all around him, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We recognize that the cross changes everything, that we move now to this time that Jesus has declared your time has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. It's the perfection and the triumph of love. Now John writes, all these things are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and by believing have life in his name. Jesus says, we have come that you might have eternal life. The gift that he longs to give to us is echoed in this prayer. And he says, eternal life is this, in verse 3, that you might know him. Now, the Greek understanding of of knowing was knowing about the deity, studying about God. And there's danger that we would fall into that trap when we come to Sunday school classes or Bible studies, that we were studied to know about God. But the Hebrew will not settle for that. The Hebrew term is to know God, to be in intimate relationship with him the end of the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus is speaking about the Day of Judgment, he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and your name drive out demons and perform miracles? They think it's a pretty impressive list. (laughs) Jesus said, away from me, you evildoers. I never knew you. (laughs) Knowing him is the key to this relationship. He wants us to be in that intimate relationship that he has for us. And so he prays that we might know the Father. We have the Old Old Testament connection where God says to Moses, I have seen their affliction, I have seen their sufferings, I know their cries and I have come to deliver them. And now Jesus has come, as our Messiah come to bring us deliverance from the spiritual bondage. And now he says, glorify me with the glory I used to have. There's, there's kind of a homesickness in Jesus. His humanity is revealed in this. I long for those glory days in heaven before I came here. Paul says it poetically to the Corinthians when he says, this is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. This full circle. Jesus has come for us that we might know him and we might return with him. To glory, and he prays that we will. I love C.S. Lewis' quote on this if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we are made for another world. <laughs> and now we come to verse four. And the impact of this verse on my young life comes rushing back to me 54 years ago as I came. To get my education at Point Loma, we were still at the Pasadena campus in those years. And I took this class on the Gospel of John from Reuben Welch. And we came to this fourth verse. And it had never jumped off the page for me before, as Reuben brought it out in that class. That Jesus declares in the fourth verse, I have completed the work you gave me to do. The next day on the cross, he would cry, it is finished. It is finished here with the disciples, he says, I have completed the work, Father, that you gave me to do. When he washed their feet, he said, that's when he showed them the full extent of his love. We began to see what it is Jesus has done for us. And then as we go through the prayer, Reuben began in that class to lift out the things Jesus said he had completed the things that he had done. In verse 6, he says, I have revealed you. In verse 8, I gave them your words. In verse 9, I have prayed for them. Verse 12, I protected them. Verse 18, I sent them into the world. Verse 22, I have given them your glory. And in verse 26, I have made you known. And my young Christian mind was saying, if Jesus has done these things, have I received everything that Jesus has done for me? And Reuben narrowed those things down. He had given us God's very name, his nature. He had given us the words of God. He had given us the very glory of God. He had given us the protection of God and the commission of God. And I want to make sure that I have received the things that Jesus said he came to give me. So let's just tick those off one at a time as we look at this scripture. He says, I have revealed you. That is, I gave them your name. In the Hebrew mind, the name was the very nature of the person. For us, it's our name tag. So when we see each other during Pass the Peace, oh yes, hi, Russ. So we'll know when to answer when somebody calls our name. It's kind of a label. But for them... That's why God changes so many names in Scripture. It's to show their nature. Abram was changed to Abraham, the father of many. Jacob was changed to Israel, the one who wrestles with God. Joseph of Cyprus was changed to Barnabas, the son of encouragement. Simon was changed to Peter, the rock. (laughs) What would God's name be for me? What would God's name be for you? if he was going to rename us instead of the label we go by, what would our name be? Gentle? Steady? Encourager? Joyful? Merciful? Prayerful? What is your name? What is your nature? Well, Jesus said, I have revealed your very nature to them, Father. Let me turn us to Hebrews chapter (laughs) 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. If you were to put your picture of God on one screen and your picture of Jesus on the other screen, the question that Jesus asked is, would those pictures be different? If so, we need to listen to him. He says the picture should be the same. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Our picture of God is to be what we see in Jesus Christ. He is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. He told Philip there in the upper room, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Who are you, Father? Moses asked him, who shall I say is sending me? Tell them, I am is sending you. And Yahweh came to be the name too holy for them even to speak. I am that I am. And then Jesus connects himself with all of the I am sayings to this. Before Abraham was, I am. The one who brought into being what is. He invites us into this eternal nature of God. And we participate in that divine nature, according to Peter. And so we come to this revelation of himself. And it's not from a false picture of God to a true picture of God. He says in the past he spoke through the prophets in various ways. He gave us a a glimpse of himself, and then a bigger glimpse of himself, and then a bigger glimpse of himself, but the full revelation of himself comes in the Son. So it's not from false to true, but it's from partial to complete. He gives us God's very nature and who he is. But then, Jesus says, I have given them your words. (laughs) And the word became flesh and lived for a while among us. God's word has been lived out in Jesus. Our words should be lived out in the way we live our lives. Words are an extension of who we are. And so we want to be true to our word. I remember as a kid the first time my grandmother showed me a red letter edition of the Bible. And I was so taken by that. You mean, oh, here's the words of Jesus are just separated from all the other words. All of Scripture is God breathed, all of Scripture is inspired, but there's something unique about the words of Jesus. Father, I have given them the words you gave me to give to them. So we pay special attention when Jesus speaks those words. In the Sermon on the Mount, he says, live at peace with each other. Don't judge each other. Don't be anxious. Love your enemy. In your anger, don't sin. Ask, seek, knock. He said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. He says to the disciples, be filled with the Spirit. The words of Jesus directly from God to our hearts, to our ears. Matthew 13, Jesus tells the parable of the sower. And he sows the seed, the word of God. And Some of it falls on the pathway and it's too hard a soil. It can't even penetrate. Some is... Falling among weeds and it begins to grow, but then it's choked out. Some is on rocky, shallow soil and it's just not deep enough for it to take root. And some is healthy soil. What kind of soil is my heart for the words of God? For the word of God to take root and come to fruition as I live my life. He has given us the very words of God. The third thing he says he has brought to us, he's completed. He says, I've given them your glory. And there are two words in Scripture for glory. The first is weight or substance. It seems to me we live in a day that has chosen style over substance. In our celebrities, in our role models, some are famous just for being famous. No substance to what that is about. But he says this is about the substance of God. I would recommend to you C.S. Lewis' book, The Weight of Glory. The glory of God is in his substance, his meaning, his value, who he is. Paul says to the Corinthians, what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen, that's what's eternal. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then we'll see face to face. Now we only know in part, but then we will know fully, even as we are fully known. (laughs) Wow. And so we want to know the very substance, the meaning of who God is. Word has substance. I was a teenager during the '60s in the hippie culture in Northern California, and the common vernacular of the hippies in that time, if something was really seen profound in whatever state of mind they were at the time, they would say, "Wow, that's heavy." <laughs> they were close to Jesus' prayer. This is substance. This is heavy. This is weighty issues. These. This is the truth of God that is revealed to us, the very glory of God in who he is. We can build our life on the eternal substance of God, then we keep from building it on our own strength. Paul said, all the more gladly I'll boast of my weaknesses that the power of God may rest on me. It's not our strength, it's his strength. Well, The second meaning for glory we see in in scripture is the shekinah, the shining, the radiance of God's glory. It's hard to define, it's this glow, but have you ever met someone and you were just sure they were a Christian before they even told you their story? There is a glow about them, we should have that glow about us. That's part of what it means to share this glory of God with our worlds. Where do we get our glow? Now here's some responsibility. A little bit further down in the prayer, in the second half of verse 10, Jesus says, all I have is yours, and they are mine, and glory has come to me through them. Some of Jesus' very glory comes from us, came from his disciples. As we live out his purpose in our lives, we bring glory to him. He pours that glory into us. And so Jesus receives glory. So we have substance and we have glow. There's the glory of the cross, there's servanthood, there's self-sacrifice, And Paul says, we then participate in the divine nature. We recognize this incredible truth that we are one in him. That Jesus says, I have given them your glory. And then he explains about how through the Holy Spirit, that glory is going to reside within us. It's one of the things Jesus came to accomplish. The fourth thing he says is that I have protected them. We talk about prevenient grace, the grace that goes before. We think of the promise in Isaiah that God will give us perfect peace if we do two things, if we keep our mind on Him and trust in Him. I focus on Him, realize His power, and put ultimate trust in that power. We recognize that it's God who brings us our protection. Post 9-11, we established the Department of Homeland Security is that where I get my security? I'm on social security now. Is that where I get my security? Or is my security in Jesus Christ? He said, I have protected them. It's built into the Lord's prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He says it in this prayer in the 15th verse. I pray that you not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. We recognize that he is with us in the midst of the world where we are and yet protected by his love. I want to find my protection in these verses from Philippians chapter (laughs) 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, (laughs) but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's where our protection comes from. That's where our security lies. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and what? The God of peace will be with you. We begin to recognize that these are the things Jesus has given to us. And the final thing, Jesus says, is wrapped up in what he came to do, in what he has accomplished. He said, I have given them your purpose, your commission. He would say in these 40 days between the cross and his ascension, tarry in Jerusalem, and you'll be filled with the Spirit. And when you are filled with this power, you will be my witnesses. On the Mount of Ascension, he says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He gives us purpose for which we live. The reason we breathe every morning when we open our eyes and say, okay, Lord, this is your day. What am I to do in the midst of this day? Oh, I am to live for you. You have given me purpose to share the good news with those around me. He says we have been set apart for a holy purpose. Jesus had trained his disciples. He had sent them out two by two. At one point, 72 followers. He divided them up and sent them out. He says, you have purpose in this world. Go and share that purpose. And Jesus says in this fourth verse, he has completed his work by giving us these things. The very nature of God, the words of God to our hearts. The glory of God, that his substance, that his glow, would belong to us, his protection, and his commission. And so I ask myself, have I received what he came to give? Before that class with Reuben that day, if somebody would have said, well, why did Jesus come? Oh, to die for my sins. He died on the cross. And maybe just kind of leave it there in my... Naivety as a young believer. But he says there's, there is that, of course, and so much more that he has revealed to us and that is ours for the receiving. Let's just spend some time before we pray the benediction in, in silent prayer and just be taking some inventory as we pray. Have I received all that he has for me? Well, the answer is not yet, because he's still revealing. He's still giving. He's filling me, and he continues to fill me. He is using me, and he will continue to use me. But I long for more of him. Let's just pray silently, and I'll close. Father, when your son walked among us, he said that he'd revealed your nature to us, had given us your words, had filled us with your glory, had both kept us and given us purpose. May that glory be our glory today. May our worth be found in you. May our meaning be found in your love. May our purpose be found in your will for us. And our radiance, our glow, is simply because we spend time in your presence. Father, we long to be complete in you. And I pray that you would guide us, strengthen us into all that you came to give us. We glorify you for your saving grace. But beyond our salvation, you pray that we would be yours completely in service. Help us to respond in a loving way, as we recognize what you have done. And as we pray the prayer that your son taught us to pray when he was here. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses